Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about stories we enjoy outside the Bible, and we dig into this week's messages on Ruth. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. This is uh, our series on great stories with Pastor John. How you doing? Good to be here. Good, good. This week, we were in the second week in this kind of mini little mini series little mini series um but like as you said last week it's a it's a mini series that we could touch back on at any point at yeah. whatever period of time we we'd like to and I, and i, I i'm all for that I, lo- I love these kinds of character yeah. studies and yeah, yeah. And great stories. One of the things that you did this week when you kicked off the the sermon was to talk about the story of uh, the Apollo thirteen, and yeah. it got me thinking. You know, we, last week we talked about kind of our favorite biblical figures and the stories that 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 um, that they mm. bring to the table. But outside the Bible, is there a historical figure, a literary figure, a literary story uh, that really resonates with you that you are really, you just, you kind of go back to and and you dig into more and you appreciate it more. So I know you are a very widely read person. You read a lot of history. Um, Is there a story that really you resonated with outside the Bible? Well, uh, I mean, you, we talked about this just for the recording, and um, and so my my first reaction is is uh, is one I'll I'll describe because it's a, probably the longest reaction that I've had, longest term reaction. Um, but I will say that uh, on the Apollo thirteen, the the Ed Kranz character, the flight controller yeah. character, that guy, I just really connected with connected with that guy because you know he has that not on my watch mindset. Yeah. You know, let's solve the problem. Let's don't create more problems by 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 trying to solve problems incorrectly. Let's solve the problems one thing at a time. So that that was I love that about mm-hmm. about that guy. I really resonate with that guy. But the but the first my first reaction to that was as a literary character, and it's out of. Um, Years ago, I think our girls were were infants at the time. The twins were infants at the time, and uh, and I'm reading Victor Hugo's Les Misérables. Okay, and which you've uh, mentioned in I've in mentioned sermons, in the past. And that's, yeah. It's partly because of this, and I think I've mentioned this character yeah. in in, the, in this story as, as well. Because there's one character in particular who is the embodiment of 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 of, of grace and the embodiment yeah. of mercy, and it's the uh, character known as the Bishop of Digne. Yeah, and uh, this bishop is the one. You all, many of you know this story that uh, it's it's the the man comes in, he shows hospitality to a man who's on the uh, basically trying to get his life together after being paroled, but he can't because the the, the system in, in France is so oppressive and uh, and this guy shows him grace and he welcomes him into his home feeds him puts him into a comfortable bed which he hasn't experienced in years decades and uh, and in the middle of the night he gets up and steals mm-hmm. from the household of the of the bishop he gets caught everybody drags him back to the bishop's house and the bishop who could have in a moment just turned him in, sent him right back to jail, told him that he gave those gifts. He told the, the constables yeah. that he gave those gift, the candlesticks to him or, or silver to him. And then he said, you forgot the best. And he gave him two more pieces of silver, and it changes the man's life entirely. So it's there's something about that character yeah. 
that just just blows me away at the, the generosity of it because much to the chagrin of his sisters, his, his housekeepers uh, all around him, they're like, "You can't do this." He's like, "No, this man needs a shot." Yeah. And it's just the, it's the it's the unbelievable generosity that he shows towards someone who is really trying to do a good thing. And really, the whole purpose, the whole reason he's in jail was he was trying to do a good thing. Yeah. He was trying to feed his feed his sisters, his nephew who's uh, who's hungry. So so it's just a, a beautiful powerful transformative moment and it all focused and came out of this one character Mm, yeah i love that uh you know for me i i you know i've talked on the podcast uh with other folks and we've talked about favorite movies and all that not so i it's really difficult for me to narrow down like one particular character or you know book um i i think of as we were as i was thinking through this question before i even posed it to you um i was just thinking about the apollo 13 uh, Mm. story which i think is amazing i've been blessed to see a lot of those artifacts in various museums over the last few years I, i think about the story of Alexander Hamilton, I I got kind of caught up in that whole wave of the Lin-Manuel Miranda kind of thing and then read Chernow's book and there's even more to it than than the musical adaptation would would lead you to, to, to I mean, it's even deeper and, and broader than that. You know, I think about, I've talked about Harry Potter and all those yeah, things. Yeah. I think though, um, for me, the, the story of King George VI is probably at least right now, and I say that because I, you know, we just watched the movie The King's Speech for like the seventeen thousandth time. I, I but the, even the story is is deeper than that. His relationship with his speech therapist um, Lionel Logue, and um, but but even beyond that, you know, he was the the um, he was a reluctant king. You know, he he became the king of England because his brother. Uh, King abdicated. Edward abdicated um, because of uh, a relationship he had with a woman, and and so King George the Sixth, um, Albert Prince Albert, uh, Duke of York, was he was thrust into this position very reluctantly at, and not just reluctantly thrust into this position, but you know when you look at the history of England, you know they were the dominant political, uh, economic, and governmental force for. 500 years 600 years since the roman empire they i mean there was a the old saying was there was a moment in the late 19th century into the early 20th century where the sun did not set on the british empire Mm -hmm. and um king george v his dad hard man uh took the the country through the 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 world war one which just decimated the country mm-hmm. um i don't know what the statistic was but i think it was something like every fourth man was killed that was of of age um in that time uh then they go right into a period of economic depression like the rest of the world and then king george ascends uh, the sixth ascends to the throne right as hitler is marching across europe mm-hmm. on a revenge tour um and 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 dealing with a lot of political crisis with the, with the prime ministers being ineffectual, uh, he he's very hesitant about Churchill's leadership um, because Churchill is notoriously a bulldog and not diplomatic and kind of the anti-British. Like he's he's pro-Britain, but his sentimentality is not there. His the 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 even keel. I mean, he's 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 a hothead. He's fiery no. and. 
not very British. Not very, and, and he doesn't he doesn't have a great track. I mean, people don't realize Churchill didn't have a super great track record going into World War II as a as a military leader, and so George VI is put into this position. <laughs> And he, he deals with a lot of personal impediments. You know, he's 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 notoriously a, a stutterer or stammerer, which is what the whole King speech is about the movie. Mm. But there's a lot more to it that he he's dealing with. And so, just the 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 ability to overcome and to press into for the sake of others, you know, because there's this massive study in contrast between prince albert or or king george the sixth and his brother david who was you know selfishly you know uniting himself to this woman who he which he knows is going to disqualify him from service disqualify him from from being dutiful to his country and leans more into the the more party comfort lifestyle yeah. and Albert who, or King George the sixth who leans into duty with very reluctantly. And, and he could have just thrown up in his hands and said, you know what? The monarchy's over. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, I can't levy taxes. I can't raise an army. I can't, you know, I can't form a, you know, the government is in my name technically, but he doesn't get to choose the, I mean, he has no, the monarchy by that time has no real power, but it has a great unifying quality for the people at a time when they needed that unifying quality. And so he steps into that role and it, it, it effectively, I mean, he was a heavy smoker and drinker, so that was not <laughs> – yeah, yeah, his, his medical yeah. problems were not withstanding, uh-huh. but the, the stress of that um, did cut short his life. But he walked through the, the, that period of time bringing giving england stability when it needed it the most and then you know the father of the current monarch queen elizabeth ii which is kind of incredible um and uh so i think that 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 figure is that story is is really compelling to me i I think though that like i think we talked about this last time as well is that there's something about what we've just described and those who are listening if they have their own version of you know who they would look to literary historical yeah. characters what what who they are most impressed with who are most compelled by there's something about those people though the ones you and I just described there's a reason why they resonate with us yeah absolutely yeah and you you're describing king george as this really reluctant hero of yeah. sor- of sorts mm-hmm. um who's 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 a man of his t- of, of his time mm-hmm. um and steps into a position that he wasn't really looking for but but as he stepped into it he took sort of full ownership of that yeah. and led it somewhere pr- productive and, and useful and, yeah. and overcame adversity to do mm-hmm. that personal adversity and situational adversity what is it about that zach why why why, why does that why why does well, that resonate I think, with you i think so many people i think so many people uh especially the way culturally the the culture that we live in right now leans very heavily into the way um albert's brother lives his life if it doesn't feel good i'm not going to do it it doesn't feel good to Mm -hmm. be a the king because it's going to keep me from this relationship which is a very sordid relationship with wallace simpson so i'm not going to do it even though it's it's even though it's uh you know, it's going to be a de- it's going to be a detriment to millions of people at a time where the the writing was on the wall with Hitler, the writing was on the wall with war with Germany. I'm not going to do it. So to me, it resonates because uh, Albert looks at 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 the service to others as 
above himself, um, above his own needs, above his own desires, and and is is willing to overcome yeah. in spite of that. You know, it's not the easy road. And and I, you know, I look at that in in so many ways as just a. a and, and those are the heroes, right? I mean, those are the heroes that we 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 elevate, and yet so often people don't they don't live that way. You know, they 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 opt not to live that way. You yeah. know, and it's the same thing like what you're talking about with with Les Miserables. I mean, the, 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 the let's yeah. hammer it justice. He's a thief, you know, rather than. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting though, because you, what, what I hear in you saying that is that is that the idea that there is great honor. Yeah, in, uh, in in fulfilling a duty that serves uh, others over and above maybe personal, you know, preferences, preferences yeah. or hardships or anything yeah. like that, and and willing to endure all of the difficulties yeah. of, of doing that duty. So, you know, that that this isn't about um, you know psychoanalyzing one another here, but <laughs> however, it does say something about Zach oh, McGowan. Absolutely, it says, yeah. it says something about yeah. John Fullerton that yeah. you know, we would we would lift these characters up. That's yeah. saying that look, there's some there's there's honor in this. Yeah, and it's a, and it's it's an honor that comes in a sense of call. Yeah, and so how I would say it when the, that what King what the King was experiencing was a man not to get ahead of ourselves because we have a sermon coming up that's on right. this who who, who was uh, who was in a, in a role for such a time as that. That's right. Yeah, and and there's great honor in that even though he was reluctant in it there's great great honor in doing that yeah. and i think for for me that you know it re- i they pretty for, to break it down I, I i would like to think that i in my best moments that i am i'm a, i have those characteristics of the bishop yeah that uh, that i would see in human struggling in human strife i would meet that human struggle and human strife with great generosity yeah and uh, a generosity of 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 character towards that person mm-hmm. and gen- generosity of actions with that person and don't you think too i mean the story of Les Mis, uh, you know, Victor Hugo's writing at a very particular time in the history of the French people, and he's making a lot of statements about how the breakdown of society, the, the yeah. importance of the family, the uh, the, 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 the the parole system, the juvenile justice system. Yeah, he's, he's making statements on about ten different levels, and 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 the fact that the the society is not it's not built on grace. It's not even really built on justice. It's it's built on the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you feel like that? There's something to that today that really we 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 need to hear live into that a yeah. lot more. Well, that's what what he does is he brings humanity into the middle. Of that of that of that setting where there is the yeah. there is this greater great divide between the the elite and the and the un, the non elite yeah. and he's saying let's bring humanity in the in the middle of it and he, and pointing out that some people just can't ha- handle that mm-hmm. uh, like the the the, the man who chased him down all those years, Javert, yeah. he couldn't handle that. He yeah. just couldn't handle be, be, that there would be the ability to see this person as deserving of grace mm. and at, in the end he, he I mean literally could not bear to be alive yeah. with that. So, yeah. yeah, I do think that there's a lot of um, – it's almost timeless uh, in some sense because it, 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 I would imagine if I think about it across civilizations and yeah. different types of communities and nations that it, it would the principles would still be timeless. But uh, but you certainly feel that in, in our modern era yeah. that the that – the, and again, the elevation of the – Warmth of heart and generous spirit, uh, seeing another person with the eyes of God, to elevate that in the middle of the harshness of our of our and divisiveness of our world, that that is, as they say in Tennessee, that dog will hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say that in Alabama too. In Alabama. Um, uh, so uh, side side question: um, 
outside of the book, uh, are you a fan of the musical? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I've I've enjoyed it. I've seen it on on Broadway, and I've seen it at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, and I've enjoyed it both times. So I do enjoy it, and um, and we listened to it a fair amount when our girls were really young for this reason because I was reading the book uh, yeah. at the time, and so I am I'm a fan of it. But uh, and I'll and I'll listen to it, but I I don't have it on a playlist anywhere no. these days. But uh, but I I did enjoy it. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, his version of it. Oh yeah, yeah, did, I saw that too. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and that was nice. Although I think I still prefer. I mean that was a nice version of it in modern you know people that we know now but the uh, the the one from the uh from the the originals from the Broadway production from 20 years ago or so oh, that's uh, the, the the power in those singers was just yeah. You know, you can't. Hugh Jackman did a great job, yeah. and and Anne Hathaway and all the others did yeah. a great job, but but not like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a, you have to ask. Whenever a book has been ad- adapted for uh, for the stage or uh, for the screen, you you got to ask if 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 you're a fan. Uh, this uh, does you know these are great stories we talked about. Uh, the one of the greatest Hebrew stories I think I read. I don't know what how many commentaries, and they universally said the greatest Hebrew story um, outside of the Pentateuch is the story of Ruth, mm-hmm. and we both hit on the story of Ruth today. The yeah. St- story of Ruth is a fairly well-known story for folks that are in the church. I'm not sure outside the church. It's not like the Joseph story. You know, no no musicals have been that I know right. of, Yeah, which is odd, because it, it, it is a love story. I can't think of a, I, I can't think of a modern retelling or, or, or setting of yeah. the story of Ruth. Yeah, which is odd because it's four chapters. Read it in not even an afternoon. I mean, uh, not even a lunch break. You could read it. I mean, in, in fifteen minutes. It's so yeah. it's so compact. It's it's like the book of Jonah in that way. Um, it has great rise and fall of the narrative. Um, so as you're looking at the story of Ruth, you know you you had three main points that you really wanted to get across. You, you bring them out there at the yeah. beginning. The the family, um, God's kind of uh, you know uh, involvement in all of the. Mm-hmm. The portions of our lives, and then seeing the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. But you know, is there a part to the story of Ruth that you you read that, and every time it, it gets you, like, does is there a part that you it stops you in your tracks? Yeah, yeah, um, it's that moment, and, and I really loved how you. Uh, w- one of the things I appreciate, and, we, and I didn't do this because I was painting some different type of picture, but the way that you kind of did the character study on Ruth herself, yeah. like what Ruth was going through, I thought mm-hmm. that was really, really helpful. And it, was, it, was, uh, it makes me – I wish I would have included it in, in mm-hmm. mine. It was really, really helpful to say she was dealing with things in, mm-hmm. in and of herself. And in that same moment where she's dealing with all those things in and of herself, the, I think the most poignant well, – it's hard to say because Ruth is so it's so yeah, many moments, lots like of it. poignant moments. Uh, but yeah. one of the most poignant, the first big poignant poignant moment was uh, was when Orpah has already gone, yeah, and Ruth is there before Naomi, yeah. and Naomi is heartbroken herself and bitter mm-hmm. and on really agonizing the the moment. But Ruth, her her commitment to and her pledge to be at her side, uh, yeah, part of it is just the way she said it, yeah, and the way that it's been recorded from all yeah. for all of history is that it's so ardent and so beautiful. Beautiful and it's so, it's so um, heartfelt. Yeah. You know, that, and, and just the idea. I mean, could we imagine today saying to somebody, "Say, look, where you go, I will go." Yeah, yeah. I actually did a wedding. Gosh, it's uh, been 
probably 10 years ago now, 10, 11 years ago. And that was the passage that yeah, they wanted course, to, yeah. to, to, to shoot, use for this. And it was great. It's very appropriate. Yeah. It's like, you know, where you go, I will go. Where you where you live, I will live. And where you die, I will die. And your God will be my God. And, and that was the pledge that they wanted to make t- to each other. But I just find that moment, that moment in itself to be such an incredible statement about, lo- of, yeah. about the love that she has for her mother-in-law. Yeah, I, I I got I I totally agree with you. That's 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 probably the you know, like I said in, in you know, we, we went very we went two different directions in how we were looking at it. Mine was more singular character study, really focused on that opening chapter. You were looking at the you know, the more thirty six thousand feet view and so for me it was you know, the the statement that she makes is is pretty amazing. But what how the how the author describes it at the very beginning of before he makes the statement, but he says, you know, Orpa weeps and kisses uh, kisses Naomi and the idea is that she's leaving and it says but Ruth clung to her and I and, love that and, and I love that you line out that Hebrew uh, the Hebrew the, 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 the two, Genesis yeah. two twenty four yeah and and you know used to back in the old days when I was young in ministry used to bother me when people would use that passage in marriage in marriage ceremonies because I'm thinking okay in the context this is a this is a daughter in law speaking to not a husband and a wife but it it really makes a lot of sense because of the word cling is is the is the marriage word it is a a word of unity it's a yeah. word of of casting off a sense of individual priority for the sake of the togetherness um which i i didn't get into as much cuz i didn't want to make it about that but but it was it is a that word really does make it really appropriate for a marriage ceremony because that's what you're you're telling people Mm -hmm. that's what you're saying in the in the wedding is that i'm casting off a sense of of personal priority and preference for the sake of the togetherness and the unity of one to the other and that's what ruth is doing for naomi and uh, And i think i think what i liked about how you handled that was that she made the commitment in the middle of the mess, yeah, right. In the middle in the of, the, of the stress and and mm-hmm. the uncertainty about what life was going to be like for her, because she was as as you, again, you you spent more time on the Moabite, the differences mm-hmm. between the Moabites and the and, Israelites, and the Israelites, yeah. and she was going back to uh, going to Judah, yeah, and she was going to go into this territory where she was going. I mean, she 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 married. Some some uh, Jewish boys, yeah. a Jew, Jewish uh, a Jewish boy, but but he was there in, yeah. in Moab. But going back into into Judah is an entirely different story. But you, she made the commitment, not knowing the future, and and in a very difficult situation. But it just really, what I what I take away from it is that the commitment comes first. Yeah. Without knowing what what the you don't need to worry holds. about, yeah, we don't need to worry about what what the outcome of that that commitment is going to be. The first thing is make the commitment. Yeah, and that was so great when you started to talk about all the ways that God had was lining things up without them knowing it. You know that I think it's actually in the in the in the in Ruth it it she it says she happened to be in the field of yes. Boaz just so happened yeah. and 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 I love that idea it's like uh, well it's it's not just so happened it's god was ordering and it's almost tongue in cheek you know the author is almost writing that tongue in cheek but then you really highlighted the fact that god brought her to this this place to Boaz who is the kinsman redeemer the guardian redeemer the goel and I loved how you unpacked that 
I can also sense when you're doing it, you're you're trying to overcome the 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 epical kind of adjustments, the generational yeah, cultural yeah. challenges to understanding that. I thought you did a great job of. So here's my here's my thought as I was preparing for this. I'm thinking. There's going to be some guy out there in the crowd who's got a brother with a with a good looking wife, and oh my it's, gosh, it's, it's yeah, like you know, it's just like your head goes somewhere. Like you, I do not need to, I need to shut that down, right. shut that down, because that's going to make for a really awkward Thanksgiving dinner together. <laughs> you know, if you ever uh, you know yeah, died right. and didn't have kids, you know, no, because it, it didn't, tra- it doesn't translate. That's that's. I mean, it began the the list began with. It's not actually legal to yeah. to go murder somebody to, who murders somebody. Uh, I started thinking about I started thinking about the movie Taken when you were saying that, like you yeah, know the, yeah, the Liam yeah. Neeson character going after <laughs> going after the, the the people that kidnapped his his daughter, or whatever. But you know it, that's and, and it's one of the reasons I didn't. I, I mean, I just kind of said Boaz. Yeah, you, you make Bo- a commitment I, to that. You're going to spend a little time. I, yeah, on you're going to have to. And I, I was trying to think through. Kind of, I also knew, and this is one of those things we've talked about before. I knew where the flow of the service was going to go, and I knew that we were going to tell a lot of the story in other parts of the service. Yeah. And so, you know, we we had a a dramatic call to worship um, in with with one of our great members here, Renee Hawk, kind of taking the role of Naomi. And what you didn't see in the recorded version is the ten thirty version. We actually had a Ruth, so we actually had a Naomi and a Ruth and a people kind of. It was oh, wow. very very cool yeah. little response. So I kind of knew that was going to go in there. And then there's just so many like so many cultural things. But I thought you did. A, I just did a great job. And then you tied it so appropriately and well. To the person and work of Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. And so, th- talk about how you know making that connection and 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 what what were you well, going after there? D- I just I would say to those who are going to be in church this weekend, expect it again. Yes, yeah, right. we're, 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 it, it's uh, you know, especially I think in some of these great narratives yeah. that we have, it's be it's for it's easy for me to get caught into the caught up in the drama of the narrative itself mm-hmm. and to not push back from the table and 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 do in fact step back to the thirty six thousand foot. View and say, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah, uh, that that is ultimate for for us as Christians. And so I I wanted to, I went looking. I yeah, mean, I went into the story looking, and then I wanted to report out. Yeah, if, if so to speak. So yeah. so I, I you know I, I knew that there was there's preview and I, and just you know you can't use the word redeemer without like Gardner, yeah. without thinking of redemption without thinking of Christ. And so yeah. I wanted I, it was it was just a it was low hanging fruit. I just needed to pluck it and, and hold it out for the congregation to see. Yeah, things that you wish you had more time for that you would have jumped into more in more. I mean, there's there's all it's four chapters, <laughs> but there is a lot of little things that your people yeah. people come back and they when they read it they go what, what does this mean what does this mean what what about this were there things that you're like man this would have added if I had another fifteen minutes or you're like no 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 if I had gone it would have just been a rabbit trail that I would have been following I do think that more of the setup. I, I could have gone with more of the setup mm-hmm. uh, for the for the main problem, yeah. uh, which which was the the contextual you know train wreck mm-hmm. uh, in Moab, yeah. and and the impact of that on on Naomi and on Ruth, um, and and maybe even to Orpah to some degree as well, because she we don't she you, goes we, back, we yeah. get her quickly and then and then off she goes, mm-hmm. but he, but for those three women and the and 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 I think I just described it as a. Um, 
their 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 source of survival was yeah. decimated. Their security, yeah, the social security, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, so, so I think more on that. I probably I, I would have gone with more on that. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely probably would have done more on on the Boaz piece. Um, you know, if this was the if this was a two or three week series, it would have been you know kind of focused on Ruth for a week and her decision, and then the Boaz decision because you touched on it. I, I I think I mentioned like there's like two sentences where I talk about Boaz is and you you went really into the whole conflict situation where Boaz is not the closest relative. Yeah. So there's a there's an obstacle, which all great stories have obstacles towards their final conclusion. And this was like kind of the last great obstacle. He has to go to the closer redeemer. Um but he doesn't like have to do that. Like, there's no he. The obligation is not on him to do it. The obligation is on the closer redeemer, um, and that the fact that she's a Moabite. I mean, you. There's a lot you could read in the Old Testament that would di- that would just let him off the hook Dis- entirely. Disqualify. Yeah, I mean her from consideration. Yeah, or... there's a lot that you could say. Well, if you read it like this, and because again, they're in a period of time of the judges. No, he's definitely he's definitely swimming against the cultural grain, yeah. because culturally, uh, in in Judah and Israel, uh, this is the time of the judges where everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and they're like, yeah, we know it's written down, but who cares, right? So, I mean, but the fact that he is a faithful redeemer, yeah. he does overcome the obstacles in order to to bring these two women into his home yeah. to sustain the lineage that 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 is powerful yeah, such, stuff we're going back to honorable work done mm. the honorable work being done on behalf of another yeah your king george uh, yeah. thing um i think also the 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 fact that naomi had property yeah. associated with her name that needed to be dispensed with or dealt with yeah. by a goel i think the fact that uh, that ruth was attached to that i think it would have, that would have been fun to unpack that yeah. a little bit uh, a little bit more um, maybe even the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's getting really nerdy at that point, but uh, that involves sandals and gathering. You just read the story. Because I, 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 I know the story really well, and you said uh, the court system of that day. And that's, that was, that was, was like, my yeah, one that's, sentence that's, of a very detailed, a, that, expo- you know, that's a uh, very unusual. good explanation for a modern reader. It's like, okay, well, I guess this is how they did it. You know, uh, I love that. Just that, because sometimes you just have to just, when you're trying to create, you know, big picture understanding of what's going on, I mean, uh, we didn't talk about the threshing floor incident at all. You oh, know, yeah. That, like, I mean, oh, yeah. You, that, you oh, talked yeah. about the threshing floor <laughs> celebration and like, what does that mean? And L- left out some really uh, what could have what could really be some colorful interpretations colorful. of what was going on. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did for uh, early in teaching the agape class. We did, uh, I think, six weeks in the book of Ruth. So you're talking about six one oh, hour got, lessons. You got to go to those. So then. we got to go to those places. But again, sometimes, as we said last week, uh, having done all that, you know where all the 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 potential powerful nooks and crannies are. Yeah. Right. I mean, because here's the thing that you know we say the we talk about these details and we never are casting them off uh, because for us we know every detail has a potential to be a sermon in of itself. Yeah. Um, but we have to make decisions. But we can't tell every detail every time. Exactly, and that's the thing. I, I, I when. I don't want people to think when we talk about cutting room floor things that we're casting off as unimportant different yeah. because it's we don't neither one of us feels that right. way. But we also know that 
we have a task every week. Right. The living word to the living people is is it is the preached yeah. word is the word of God. So yeah. what is the word of God for these people, for ourselves and for these people right now today? Right now. And that's the thing. You know, we have to make decisions. Um, but it is really I mean there's some that's why we you know we encourage people the Sunday morning sermon is an important part of every uh, person's discipleship, but it is it is the only thing that people are doing to increase their uh, not just their their uh, you know uh, their intellectual knowledge and their emotional. If that's the only place, I mean, that's like trying to drink a thimble of water. And, and acting like you're going to be hydrated. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and we, we, we encourage people to go that, back, go dig back, in. Yeah, yeah, dig in. Then that's why we do the podcast, what we do, why we have two different messages, because they hear your message, they get a different they get a different set of details, they hear my message, a different set of details. All the details come together for a purpose yeah. and an importance, and then we get to talk about it here. So, yeah, that's, I, that's I cool. love that um, – you know, every good story. I, I I heard this word a while ago. Uh, every good story has a denouement. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's the part after the climax of the story, right. where it's the as the story winds down. Yeah. That that the the denouement in this like story. The what comes next? The, de, the 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 denouement in this story is the birth of, of Obed. Yeah, right. <laughs> the to great, the to great, David, right? Yeah, the grandfather of David. Yeah. And uh, and so um, so. Your your whole application of this was was based on the fact that Ruth's availability yeah. and, and and her decision that she made and there was a key point in your sermon was about the decision that Ruth made mm-hmm. uh, put her in that place so that thing Happens. could could happen yeah. and the and the idea is that she made herself available mm-hmm. to serve in that setting so that God can do other things yeah. that she, she could not have seen uh, coming, and that we can do the same thing by making ourselves available mm-hmm. and humbling ourselves and making ourselves available in those. I thought it was really, really helpful to, to think about our role, our particular role of how do we see ourselves serving, mm-hmm. well, see ourselves serving the way that Ruth is. You make yourself yeah available and, and open your eyes to the hurting. And, and what I wanted to tell people, too, is that there's so many people, and you and I hear this excuse, not, not maybe as directly as I put it in the message, but but pretty much like people say, well, when I get this together, then yeah. I'll serve. Or I just need to know more about the Bible. I just need to be more qualified. And what I you know I want to say is like Ruth is unqualified. I mean, she is not in a position of power or importance, and yet God is using her faithfulness and availability and willingness uh, to set aside her own personal priorities. For the sake of, of of the good of someone else, and 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 Boaz really does a similar thing too. I mean, this is you know multiple seats, and I, and I for me too, I'm I'm thinking through the connection between last week and this week because you get you get there's similarities yeah. in in the Joseph story and the Ruth story in terms of service in in periods of great uh, distress. The difference is Joseph had an obvious had obvious examples of God and I hit it a lot harder in the 815 and 1030 service than I did in the recording but you know Joseph is serving as a slave he's serving as a prisoner in the Egyptian prison system um, but he's successful even in those positions yeah. and Lord, that's how Lord he, blessed him yeah. he knows the Lord is with him he knows Ruth is serving without any evidence that God is with her in fact her mentor is saying God has brought me back empty like the the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. I mean, so her situation is one of I got no evidence that God is actually going to take care of us. 
but I'm going to be faithful anyway. Yeah. And that's the part what's a little it's different than Joseph cuz Joseph in slavery, he sees God's with him, he he becomes second to in Potiphar's house, he gets thrown in prison, God's with him, he becomes second in the prison system. I mean, this is and he serves and not to diminish the what he's going through, but he sees the evidence. His faith is not nearly as much uh, an example. You know, we talk about faith as the evidence of things hoped for or unseen. He sees the evidence of God. Ruth doesn't, and yet she's and yet, faithful. Yeah, and, and that's the part. Of, and that was the thing for me. The continuity between last week and this yeah. week was, and I hit it a little harder in the live services than I did in the recording services. It was there, but it was not nearly. Well, as, I, I heard it. I heard it well in the, in the recorded services as well. That yeah. uh, that that in spite of in spite of maybe not seeing that clear path of where God is. Using you, blessing you, uh, still to give yourself to the to the moment, give yourself in service. To, to it, it, you, you have a place, and you may not. It's the the pithy saying is that you know God doesn't call the qualified, the qualified, he qualifies the, whatever, the, the called, yeah. yeah, he qualifies the called. That that's the that's the idea. Yeah, and I think that's a good reminder. We need yeah. it all the time. Yeah, yeah, good good messages this week. I think good, uh, obviously an awesome story, and uh, I love that we both really you know hit that lineage all the way to Jesus uh, from Ruth um, because it you know some commentators I think this is an overstatement some commentators believe that the story the the the, the reason book the the book of Ruth was written for the original readers was to give the background story of David um, I don't think that that's mm-hmm. the case I think that that's a, a wonderful addition like you said it's the denouement it's not the climax right um, and, it, and it's a, it, you know at some point we'll do a we'll do a series on um, on the on the unusual parts of the genealogy of Jesus, you know yeah, that right. part everybody reads over, skips right over. Yeah, Matthew like, chapter one. Yeah, you should forget that part. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, the fact that Ruth is, is in, right is there. In there as an outsider, yeah. um, and and Rahab and some others and Tamar. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness in that's that right. uh, by by many people's standards of, right. in that genealogy, but. But but that that's why he's the savior of the world, yeah. not just the savior of a group. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This week we touch on another uh, great character. This is the, the last in our mini series uh, on great stories. We're talking about Esther. Yeah. Um, don't want to give a lot away. Ten chapters. Uh, again, it's another one that can be read very briefly. I've read it twice through already um, since getting ready for this this message because um, I know the story of Esther. But some of the details I'm not as like key on, and like you were just saying, there's <laughs> there's a lot of detail, yeah. and some choices. We I don't know if you're, if you're already yeah. there, but yeah. trying to make decisions about what parts are you going to bring in. But you're going to be back in classic this week, back in classic, yeah. And I'm back in Vine, and uh, it's going to be exciting to f- kind of finish out the series. Uh, this is also uh, Inclusion Sunday for special needs, our special needs community. So right. we're going to have a couple of elements for that. It's also the 21st anniversary of September 11th, so kind of a big Sunday. Yeah. Um, and so there'll be elements of all of that in in the services, and then we will uh, then we we'll kick off another series, big series, September eighteenth, called A Living Hope, looking at the first first Peter, Peter mm-hmm. uh, the Epistle to First Peter. There's a lot of good stuff there. John, thanks for hanging out. If anyone has missed any one of the messages this past week or any weeks, check out fpclakeland.org um, under the worship tab. Uh, check out the sermon archive page. You can watch complete services there. Um, also, if you missed any episodes of Armchair Preaching, be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Do subscribe. Hit the like button. Share it with your friends. 
I don't even have it written down, John. Yeah, it's, not, it's yeah, all. I'm, I'm up watching in my head. amazement every week, so. <laughs> all my, I thought, thought to myself, you know, I just need to take this piece and just have it, and then copy and paste it in every week. But there's no fun in that. So, all right, John, thanks so much for hanging out. We look forward to it again next week. Bye, everybody.